on KXNO. As the Chiefs get ready to host the Chargers on Sunday, they're reportedly hosting Frank Clark for a physical today, moving a step closer to a potential reunion with Clark. Week 7 in the NFL kicks off tonight with the Saints hosting the Jaguars. Status of Trevor Lawrence, a game-time decision, though he's reportedly confident he'll be able to play. Doubleheader of League Championship Series action today. Diamondbacks host the Phillies down 0-2. Then the Astros try to even their series against the Rangers in Arlington. I'm Doug Thompson. For the win. From the Jethro's Barbecue Studios. Where every Thursday, Bubba's boneless wings are half price. Score! This is Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. Welcome back, hour number two, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Talk some Gophers, Hawkeyes, bottom of the hour with Andy, who writes for the St. Paul Pioneer Press. Gretter, Gretter, Andy Gretter, St. Paul Pioneer Press. Uh, he'll preview that tilt. Pillow fight? No, nah, because no, it's too defense. physical for a yeah, pillow Yeah, I agree, fight. I agree. I was trying to come up with the what right term. I'll take. I'll use tilt. Uh, but we'll talk about that game at the bottom of the hour. The chicken coop. Since we've been on the air, they've upped the first prize. Yes, absolutely. How about that? Dave's going to provide the winner with a fifty dollars gift certificate from one of the three locations of the chicken coop: West Moines, Ankeny, and Urbandale. The runner-up will get twenty wings, but that's a pretty good prize. And we'll do the chicken coop. Uh, giveaway at about what twelve forty five ish, right in that range. Big thank you to Dave for that one. Absolutely, looking forward to uh, getting some people out to the chicken coops all across the metro. Now, our next guest though, it is a little bit sad because oh, why there isn't anybody in the metro that I believe love the Claxons giveaway more. <laughs> Nobody than Tommy Burch. He's a barbecue nut, isn't he? <laughs> And he loved the contest every week. He loved to hear our interactions with the callers. He yes. loved to have you a little having a little fun with the people from time to time. Birchie, though it's not officially going away, it is different. New sponsor, but we will remain the same. Four picks with our listeners. Are you still going to be locked and loaded every week? Of course. Yeah. I mean, it, it seems like I'm always in my car now. I listen to the podcast. I listen to the show, too. But it seemed Thank like you. I was always in my car during the Claxon picks, and I love it. I think it's a really cool uh, cool uh, segment. I've never actually had Claxons, and it sounds like I probably never will. After. No, you it's missed over. Out. Yeah. It's over after 28 years or whatever, one heck of a run. And you hate barbecue, don't you? I do hate barbecue, yeah. What? And yeah. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what. Like, I, I lived my hell going to Kansas City for the Big 12 tournament for years. I, I used to cover Iowa State men's basketball, too. And there was one day, if if you've got a minute for a little... Fire movie, away! You know, I, I went out, had a night on the town in Kansas City, desperately needed some, some good food, probably some pizza, you know, for lunch the next day. And Heinz the entire time is like, going to a nice pizza place. You'll love it, you'll love it, you'll love it. <laughs> We get there, and it is all barbecue, and it is the worst experience of my entire life. And part of the reason why I hate Heinz so much. <laughs> That's How can you not like barbecue? Is it the sauce? Is it the smoke? What is it? Yeah, it's that. I mean, I don't mind boneless wings, but... Uh, Those are chicken, you know, uh, what do you call, chicken so tenders. At Jethro's I, I definitely love. No, we're Jethro's like, fans, uh, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Um, 
So yeah, if, if, if Jethro's wants to send some boneless wings my way, <laughs> I will. I will happily take that. Well, we'll pass it on to the rep. We, yes. we, we know him. Uh, anyways, uh, so let's go. Let's go back to. We want to pick your baseball mind as well as to what we think we'll see going forward. But uh, you were there, uh, Big Twelve basketball media days. What's today? Thursday. So you were there Tuesday. Your mark uh, met with the uh, met with the media before the women's coaches uh, took the podium and players. Let's let's start with your mark. Your biggest takeaway. I mean, I'm sure was the fact that uh, Kansas City seems to be the place going forward, despite the fact that you know so some of the newbies into the conference uh, don't want to just be pigeonholed to Kansas City. But once they get there, Tommy, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be like everybody else, right? I didn't want to go there in the first place, but boy, am I glad I did because man, I can't wait till next year already. Sure, yeah, and, and to me, kind of the interesting thing is it's going to be really interesting to see what the fan experience is going to be like in Kansas City this next year because now for the first time you're going to have the men's tournament one week you're going to have the women's tournament the next week because they want to get both both men and women's tournament into the T-Mobile Center Um, which I get you want the experience you want you know that to to be where they house it but it's really going to be kind of a kick in the gut I think where you weren't going to have both tournaments going on at the same time. And that's probably going to hurt a lot of fan bases for the idea that, like, man, you're, you're forcing fan bases that, to, you know, in a lot of ways, pick and choose which tournament you want to go to. Because let's, let's be honest, there are a lot of people that, frankly, um, can't afford, can't get the time, or just don't want to invest the time into, into taking two weeks off. And the idea is always kind of been like, oh, I'm in town for the men's tournament go see the women's tournament or the women's tournament I'm there for. I'm, I might as well check out the men, too. Now it's going to be a little bit more difficult. So I'm interested to see that side of it. And also, yeah, I think I was a little surprised to hear that they are going to stay in Kansas City just for the idea that, like, man, Brett Yormark has been really adamant about getting the Big 12 brand out there, you know, going to Rucker Park, sure. playing, um, you know, games overseas. You know, I thought maybe – you know, it might be a, a show they want to take on the road to, to New York, to Vegas, something like that. But uh, he definitely recognizes the idea that there are a lot of fans in Kansas City that are flocking to to see a lot of those teams I was seeing included. Well, we see the preseason AP poll is out. Iowa State just on the outside looking in to be in the top 25. On the men's side, we've talked a lot about Houston and what they're going to be in year number one with the power program that Kelvin Sampson has added. What's the new look Big 12 looking like this year, though? Any of those additions that jump out to you? No, I think it's going to be a tough draw for a lot of those new teams to to get their footing because the Big 12 is, it's already going to be a really good conference when it comes to women's basketball. Texas loses basically no one. Baylor is still a really good team. K-State's gotten better. You know, some of those traditional teams that haven't really been good in women's basketball kind of leveled the playing field a little bit. You know, Kansas for a long time was really yeah. bad in women's basketball, but they're getting some experience. They're getting some momentum. They're no longer a guaranteed win. Um <clears throat> When it when it comes to them popping up on your schedule, so those new teams are, are going to be, I think, for the most part, some easy wins. But um, some of the traditional ones, and even Oklahoma, look at what Jenny Bronsick has done, yeah. leading them to to a co regular season Big Twelve title last season, and and taking them to the tournament. They're they're definitely on the upswing. 
even though they're on their way out of the Big 12. Right. Yeah. Uh, we, we forget that, but you're 100% right. Um, well, let me ask you about Bill Fenley. He's been there, what, almost, is it 30 years, uh, Tommy, or is this 29? He's been there a long time. Um, how much longer do you think he's got? I'm not pushing him on. I'm not asking, you know, hoping he's pushed out by any means. I like when old guys get to stay till they want to leave. Um, how much longer for Bill Fenley? You know, it's a, that's funny that, that you asked that because I, I specifically asked Bill Fenley that at Big 12 Media Day. And it works out well because I, I was the only reporter from, from Iowa there. So we really well. Just Bill and I kind of hanging out, chatting. Yeah. And he kind of opened up the door to that question being asked during Iowa State's Media Day when he said, look, this freshman class is kind of the foundation to – um, to the end of my career. So mm. that got me thinking, like, wow, are you thinking about retirement? Obviously, when you've been around for as long as you have and you, you've done all the things that Bill Sumley has, well, it's always going to be a question mark. So I asked him that, and he said, you know, no, retirement is not really on his plate right now. It's not something he, he really has a timetable for. He meant that more of, like, okay, to, to kind of get this next wave of successful Iowa State basketball teams um, going moving forward, these these players, these freshmen, the highly talented freshman class, were going to be the key to this success moving forward. Now, that's not to say that you know maybe retirement isn't imminent, and you know it's, I'm sure it's something that he's certainly thought about at his age and for for going as long as he has, and you know how much the game has changed from you know the the transfer portal to yeah. to NIL and stuff like that we've seen so many of the older coaches have a have a tough time adapting to it and i think it's something that he's not a huge fan of either but um he you know right now i think he really likes this freshman class and and maybe wants to see what they can do moving forward um it's it's probably always going to be an evolving you know, radar, because I remember when, when Bridget Carlton came to Iowa State, he had always told her, like, I want to see you through. When Ashley Jones came, he <laughs> said, I want to see you through. Well, we've seen both those through, and now we really like this freshman class, so he may want to see some of them through. Is the succession plan Billy? I mean, Jody Steyer's been with him forever, going back to their days in Toledo. Would it become a national search? What do you think eventually, whenever it happens, what would it take and for a guy like Billity, would it make sense for him to go off on his own, become a head coach at a lower level, see what he can do there if he ultimately wants to become and, and succeed his father as the head coach at ISU? Sure. I, I think Billy certainly could. You know, Bill Bill has gone out of his way to to rave about Billy in terms of what he's done when it comes to a lot of the, the game plan for a lot of Iowa State's big wins. A lot of the recruits rave about Billy in terms of, you know, his his savviness uh, recruiting and, and the impact that he's had in, in some of those big-name players coming to Iowa State in the first place. So, um, you know, I know I know Billy has, has been uh, a candidate that's been talked about when it comes to other head coaching jobs that have opened throughout the Midwest as well. So, you know, that's, that's certainly a possibility. But, you know, look, there, there are two things when it, when it comes to that job eventually opening up. One, Billy is, is certainly a qualified candidate, somebody that should and I'm guessing would get a good look, but also it would be, you know, a, a highly coveted job to, to a yeah. lot of coaches mm-hmm. because you look at the fan base, you look mm-hmm. at the level of success, you look at 
what Iowa State has, it's going to be an intriguing job to a lot of people. So I think a lot of people would be very interested, and they would have a lot of qualified people looking in on it. And, and Billy Finley, I, I would think, would be right in the mix to to at least be a worthy candidate for the job. You know, it's an interesting discussion for um, you know a, a slow day in June or July. You know, where does he fit in when it comes to Iowa State coaches? You know, McCarney, what he did for football, and Johnny Orr, what he did for men's basketball, and now what Campbell has done. Bill Fennelly's on any list, Tommy. I mean, you, I remember what it was like. I mean, you could program at Harley Draw Flies, and it became a thing, right? It became a thing. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely on the Mount Rushmore. Sure he is. Now. I don't know if that's really really saying much when, when when you look at all the coaches that have come through Iowa State. It's pro- probably pretty easy to, to narrow that list. But I think you hit, hit the nail on the head there when you talk about what the program was. Before, you know, they weren't going to NCAA tournaments. They weren't knocking off big opponents, and they certainly weren't drawing fans. You know, mm-hmm. he, he loves to tell a story about, you know, the first time that he saw, you know, fans. You know, when he first started coaching, like, there were so little fans that he could wave to people in the, the upper deck at home policy and <laughs> they would wave back. And I think Bill still actually has the box score of his first game. Um, hanging in his office as kind of a reminder of how small the attendance was hmm. there. We're now, you know, when we talk about Iowa State women's basketball, tour, you know, the, the 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 bar and what you hope for them to accomplish, you know, the idea is um, every year they are going to knock off some, some people. Every year they, they're going to be in contention for a Big 12 title. And every year they're going to be in contention to, to go to the NCAA tournament. Now, throw out everything I said for, for this year because it's, it's going to be a rebuilding year, mm-hmm. but there's no doubt that Iowa State probably will surprise some people, and they're going to be well on their way to, to possibly being a tournament team with this group of young players down the road. So let's talk about a couple before we get to, to baseball. Obviously, Crooks. Uh, Emily Ryan's still there, and I would guess that she would be the face of the team. Uh, Ashley Jones moved on. Kelsey Jones has moved in. Uh, what, what can you, what can, you mentioned it. It's a rebuilding year, but, uh, spend a minute, um, you know, just going over a couple of the, uh, ladies on that roster. Yeah, I mean, probably the biggest name, you know, I, obviously a lot of the, the people around Iowa know Audie Crooks, what she accomplished in high school. She was, you know, one of the biggest stars when it came to that recruiting class. I don't think she's going to start right away. I think they're going to work her way in. She's going to log a lot of minutes off the off the bench. I think it's going to be a growing process for her getting used to to Big Twelve play and level of competition that she's facing. Because look, uh, you know, she dominated at the lower levels, but she she never really had any true competition. Now it's not to take away anything from Audi because. No matter who she was going to be playing with at the high school level, she was going to dominate. But the transition is going to be a little bit tougher when it comes to post players. Naturally, um, you know, at any, you know, uh, when it comes to you know making the jump to college basketball. But kind of the other player I'll keep an eye on is is Addie Brown. She's one of the biggest um, recruits in that class. You know, Bill has already said that. You know, she looks a lot like Bridget Carlton did as a freshman. She looks a lot like Ashley Jones did as a freshman. And she certainly carries herself in a way that, that reminds you of both those players. Now, does that mean she 
she's going to have the same level of success as both those players. We're going to find out real soon, but she is certainly going to be somebody that they're going to lean on a lot during um, her freshman year, a lot like they did when it came to Ashley Jones and it came to Bridget Carlton as well. Well, Birchie, let's go from one of your beats, Iowa State women's basketball, to another. That's baseball, normally the Iowa Cubs, but you certainly follow it all and start with our twins falling in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Fun run, got a win, got a playoff series win. Been a couple of decades since we were able to see that. Put a bow on the twin season. Of course, they can't have nice things, as Levine is uh, currently interviewing for the GM job with the Red Sox. Yeah, it's really tough because you look at the direction the the twins are headed and you know, obviously, the end of the season's a little frustrating for the idea that you really got pushed around by the Astros. But I think in, in reality, you kind of expected that. Where it was kind of obvious that, like, there there's another level of tier, top tier yes. teams, and the Twins just aren't quite at the level of the Astros. But given how the postseason went and what they were able to do going into that series, it's all confident. Like, okay with some additions in the off season, with some experience that they got during this season, they had the ability to, to jump to that next tier. So, yeah, it was frustrating on some levels, but I think in a lot of ways you start to to feel pretty pretty um, optimistic about what the future holds for, for the Minnesota Twins. I think the good thing moving forward is there's absolutely no signs that anybody else in the division is going to do anything anytime <laughs> soon it's to really cause them problems. So um, what they do in the offseason, what they end up doing at the trade deadline um, next year are probably going to be the biggest key components to how far they go next year. Interesting. Who's the best team left, Tommy, from what you've seen of, of the four standing? Philly. Yep. Um, you know, I, I think the, that lineup's too great. You know, obviously, Texas is, is pitching is phenomenal, but man, Philly just looks the part they will. And, you know, it, you, I, I think if you're Texas, you just pray that nobody pisses off Bryce Harper. You just do not reference Bryce Harper once you get out of that series, uh, with Astros, but, uh, which, which I'm assuming the Rangers will, but like, man, there, there's some Michael Jordan when it comes to yeah. Bryce Harper in terms of just looking for chips on the shoulder that yeah. may not be there, that he turns them into to motivation. And, and when he is motivated, when he is hungry, when he is pissed off, he plays at another level that, that is hard to compete with. And to think that he's got another level is, is kind of scary because, like, Bryce Harper not pissed off is already a really good baseball <laughs> yeah, That's player. for sure. Tommy Birch, uh, Des Moines Register. Tommy, thanks for doing this. Uh, appreciate it. We'll talk to you down the road, Tommy. Uh, be uh, thanks, be listening in about uh, 20, 25 minutes for the chicken coop giveaway. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> See you, buddy. Good to talk to you. Tommy Birch, Des Moines Register, as we check in on uh, Iowa State Women's Media Day, Media Day overall, and then a little take or two on baseball. But right now, how about claiming some NIL money? Head to KXNO.com right now. The pop-up box will appear. Type the keyword bank, bank, at KXNO.com. Your chance to win $1,000. Bank at KXNO.com. Murph and Andy have uh, two during their show, The Drive with Heather and Sean. Three more opportunities. Miller and Conda will talk Gophers Hawkeyes next. Uh, on Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Point Sports Station 106. KXNO. If you have a low interest rate on your property and a lower tolerance for tenants, then you have two choices. Sell it and say goodbye to a great investment or keep it. Hold on to that rate and let the professional landlords at Renner's Warehouse manage it for you. Why hire Renner's Warehouse? Because we free you to do the things you love, like take a vacation, have dinner with your family, or acquire more properties to achieve more financial independence. You already know that renting delivers cash flow, appreciation, and tax benefits. Renter's Warehouse also frees you from finding tenants, collecting rent, and handling those annoying 3 a.m. maintenance calls. The choice is yours. Sell your property, keep DIYing everything, or hire Renter's Warehouse to get the best of all worlds. You're free to cancel within 90 days and even get your management fees back. Go to Renter'sWarehouse.com today to book your free home rental price analysis or call 515-528- 420.com. You may know Exile Brewing Company. Fry was number one lager, Ruthie. Exile Brewing Company also brings you Swarm Golden Ale, where 20% of the revenue is donated to the Iowa Swarm Collective, helping Iowa student athletes. And the Swarm Collective compete in today's college environment. 20% of the revenue from sales of Swarm Gold Nail goes back to the Swarm Collective and to Hawkeye student athletes. Exile Brewing Company. Enjoy. Now back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. We'll give you four of you an opportunity to win some, well, some chicken wings if that's your what your desire, your taste is. Burgers are great. Have, f- f- absolutely. You're going to have 50 bucks, so mm-hmm. it'll go a long way at any of the three chicken coops. That's coming up here in about 20 minutes. Right now, Andy Gretter, he covers the Gophers for the St. Paul Pioneer Press, and he joins us. Andy, uh, Trent Condon, my name is Ken Miller. Thank you for coming on. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Doing well and looking forward to this game for a number of reasons because I, I think the Big Ten West is still wide open. You can make a path for Nebraska, certainly Wisconsin maybe, uh, and the Gophers are very much in this. Having said that, uh, we don't expect a lot of points are going to be scored on <laughs> right. Saturday afternoon. Is that a uh, the, the right way to look at it, Andy? Yeah, no doubt. I think it's, it's evidence in what you know Vegas has the, the over-under at. I think it's Thirty-two and a half, and and last year's uh, battle for Florida Rosedale set a record uh, since I think nineteen ninety-five for the lowest over/under at at thirty-one and a half. And there's not a lot of differences in these teams. You know, they they don't have offenses that that light up the scoreboard, and their defenses are are usually pretty sound. Definitely the case again this season. Let's start on the Minnesota front, and obviously the big question is at the running back spot. Got a special one, it looks like, once again, after Mo Ibrahim ran all over the Hawkeyes a year ago. And everybody else. And everybody else, absolutely. Now they got a new guy there, a freshman that has looked very, very good, but didn't play, was close to playing against Michigan. What can you tell us about Darius Taylor? Uh, yeah, he's a uh, you know, precocious young player. True freshman is one. Big Ten Freshman of the Week three times. Uh, his best game probably came at Northwestern. His, 
his biggest play of the year. I was probably a, a fourth and one carry that he had where Bryce Gallagher, you know, Northwestern's all-conference running back, mm-hmm. uh, stuffed him behind the line of scrimmage. But Darius uh, broke that tackle and went on a 40-yard touchdown run. And that's kind of the aplomb that he has had, you know, throughout his his freshman season. Like you said, he was, he was dinged up in that game, and he's missed the last two games. Uh, you know, P.J. Flex shares next to nothing when it comes to injury updates. Uh, but uh, coming out of a bye week, it sounded like he was going to be a game-time decision for Michigan two weeks ago. So I'd imagine with the bye week, uh, maybe he's more likely to play here this weekend. If he can't go, it'll probably be your redshirt freshman Zach Evans, who also has a Big Ten Freshman of the Week honors to his name, and some other guys also in the mix as well. So you know, they you know run the ball uh, primarily, uh, especially with given some of the struggles that Ethan Kelly McManus has had in his Richard sophomore season. So I'd imagine that, that they'll try to go to the same recipe for the most part that has had them have success against Iowa and Kirk Ferentz saying that, you know, nobody's run the ball on them like the Gophers have in a long, long time. You know, Tanner Morgan goes out last year. Calic Manis gets his opportunity. I, I like him more than others. Um, he's a tough kid. He's a big kid. Seen him take some shots. But why hasn't it clicked so far this year for Cali Manis? Yeah, you know, I think that's what everyone around the Minnesota program's trying to find out, you know, because he came in highly regarded as a four-star recruit out of Illinois. Uh, he, you know, dazzled in, in some of the scout team work that he did against a really quality defense for the Gophers in 2021. He, you know, got his first chance to come in during last season and, and improved as the year went. And uh, at Wisconsin, he led them to win Paul Bunyan's axe. He threw for over 300 yards uh, in the bowl game. He was he was hot before he got injured. So I think people were expecting him to really be a leader in this Gopher offense to transition from the grounded pound of Moe Ibrahim to maybe more of a, a balanced attack. But that hasn't happened because Ethan hasn't been accurate enough. He's got a big, strong right arm, but that accuracy is really – uh, you know, kind of foiled the team at, at key times. Obviously, they were trying to get back in the game at North Carolina, and things didn't go well. Uh, Michigan, he threw a pick six on the second play, uh, threw a pick six late. We also know kind of what Michigan is uh, this year, and those kind of mistakes will, will cost you games, especially, you know, major upset bids like that one was. So they're trying to work on his accuracy, trying to work on his fundamentals, uh, they're trying to make him a, a more improved uh have more touch in the pocket type of passer because they, they remain very high on him, but it just hasn't worked. I mean, he's, he's really kind of at, you know, kind of one full season of starts at this point. So he's still a relatively young player. I think he's only 20 years old as well. Uh, so they're just trying to kind of advance him and kind of get those growing pains to, to be overcome. Joe Rossi's one of the, best defensive coordinators in college football. we got a couple of good ones here in our state mm-hmm. with Haycock and Parker, but north of the border, you guys got a good one as well. He's got to be licking his chops watching this Iowa <laughs> offense and what they got coming up here. I mean, the game plan is pretty simple, right? Stop the run, put 8-9 in the box, and yeah. Deacon Hill has shown no inability to be able to beat any right. kind of uh, thing in the passing game here. What do you think is going to be the game plan, the scheme for Rossi and company? should be a pretty simple one. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's key. Uh, I think it also... You know, trying to score first. You know, mm-hmm. Iowa scored first in all six games that they played against PJ Fleck, and that's obviously led to the six straight wins. If you score first in, in college football, you know, it most likely leads to win. So, you know, getting on the board first is going to be key. And then also kind of being disciplined, right? Because 
you know what I was going to do offensively in, in running the ball and, and their schemes are, are, you know, the same as what they've been under Brian Ferentz for a number of years now. But it's, are you ready for that play action? Are you ready for that screen? Are you ready for that, you know, potentially trick play? Are you disciplined enough to be in the right gaps and, and finish the tackles that are there? I think that's the key thing because the Gophers have felt confident going into this game for the last number of years, and it just hasn't worked out because there's been one explosive play. And I think you saw that in the Wisconsin game, case in point, uh, you know, in the 82-yard run and kind of how the Hawkeyes were able to to ride that to victory. Those are the kinds of things that, that you can't allow happen because you know how good Iowa's defense is and how they win in special. Um, somebody's going to win the Big Ten West. Uh, we, we know that. <laughs> I was in the driver's seat right now. Um, you, you've seen Nebraska in person. You've seen Northwestern in person. I mean, yeah. who do you think is in your mind, is Iowa the team to beat in the West? I don't know. It's really hard to say that just given their offensive right. struggles that they're not going to, you know, stumble at some point if it's Saturday or or some point down the down the road. You know, it's really hard to say who that team is, right? Because, you know, they beat Wisconsin and the Gophers have lost to Northwestern and Northwestern struggled against Howard last week. Yeah. You know, so it's really hard to say there's really any team, right? I think Illinois bounced back in a nice, nice win against Maryland. You know, Purdue has really struggled this year. You know, Nebraska is in their first year. <laughs> it's just it's going to be a battle of attrition. You know, I, I wonder how many losses are going to be on that team when they finally make it. I I wouldn't venture to guess that there's you know really any favorite. I think Iowa just probably because of, of what they've 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 proven themselves to be successful with their formula and they're in first place now. So I think it it probably has to be them, but. You know, I wouldn't put money on it if I was going to Vegas. Andy, final thing for me. And yeah. Phil Fleck, he is an unlikable figure. If you're not rooting for the team that he's the coach of, you can see why he is certainly a guy that isn't beloved. He's hard to wrap your arms around. But where's the fan base right now? You know, they had the year a few years back where they were flying high. Of course, they came to Iowa City and it fell apart. He's got all the gimmicks. He's got row the boat. Where's the fan base as a whole? Is he has at least solidified this program, got him back to the level of what Glenn Mason, maybe something like that. Where's the fan base as a whole with PJ Fleck? Yeah, I mean it's it's kind of hard to to really put your finger on it because you know outside of that eleven win season, they've had two nine win seasons, and for a go for football program, you know that's batting uh, you know kind of above and beyond what they've done historically. Mm-hmm. So there has been success outside of. 2019, but like you said, you know, that year and in 2021, and the Gophers went to Iowa City and in 2022 as well, losses to the Hawkeyes have really kept them from going to Indy and, and winning the West. And I think that is kind of the major hurdle that's yet out there, right? I think, you know, PJ knows that when he comes to Minnesota, there are two most important games, and that's Iowa and Wisconsin. And he's done a really nice job against the Badgers. You know, he's really even that series. They've they currently have Paul Bunyan's axe, and I think fans are, are satisfied with where that rivalry is. And the big thing is that he hasn't won the pig, right? He's 0 6. He was asked how much you know, those losses bother him, and he can be sarcastic and dry in some of his answers when it comes to questions like that. And he said, quote, a little bit. <laughs> and I translate that to a whole hell of a lot yeah. because he knows what it means to fans, he knows what it means. It's in the division. He knows what it means personally that Kirk Ferentz is 
has stuck it to him. Obviously, that those three timeouts at the end of the yep. 2020 yep. game was was not a a good moment for PJ and the program. And uh, yeah, it's just something that they can you know it's it's one of those things where it happens time and time again. So people keep talking about it again and again, and it just gets old, right? You get tired of answering it. You try to do it as as diplomatically as possible, and he has been nothing but full of praise for how Iowa goes about it. But he knows that he needs to get over that hump because it's something that is is a bugaboo that, that continually follows him annually here in Minnesota. Uh, last thing for me in our final minute here. Uh, it's a selfish question. I'm a Denver Bronco fan, and it's uh, six weeks into the season. It's all about mock drafts. Uh, you saw Drake May in person uh, with the, when the Gophers played North Carolina. Yeah. Your thoughts on the uh, Tar Heels QB? You know, he's, he's the type of guy that you see him play, and you just know that the game is slower for him. He just has more poise, just understands his time in the pocket, um, just has that kind of it factor. Uh, you know, obviously he didn't have you know, Tess Walker, who he does have right. now. Yep. So that obviously is a difference maker when you have an elite wide receiver to throw to. But he just had that factor, right, where you just like, okay, he's going to be able to to step up in the pocket. He's going to be able to create with his speed. He's able to, to look downfield. He just kind of has that moxie, and it just feels like the game is slower, and, and he's able to kind of dissect it. And, and that's what he was able to do against the Gophers. They were able to kind of hang in that game, but when it really mattered, Drake May was going to be able to make the play. Andy Gretter, St. Paul Pioneer Press. Andy, thanks for doing this for us. Really appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. Take care. Thank you. Good to talk to you. Andy Gretter, St. Paul Pioneer Press on the Gophers and the Hawkeyes. Are we ready? It's that time. The first time we are going to do the chicken coop giveaway. First four callers. The rules are the same. If you, have, if you haven't played in the last 30 days, you're eligible. Or mm. do we start a new commissioner, Condon? No, 30 days. 30 days. Still, still okay. in effect. Still yeah. in place. Okay. Yeah. Uh, 515-284-5966. Whoever gets the most right will get a $50 gift certificate from the Chicken Coop. Three locations here in central Iowa. The runner-up gets $20 in wings. We'll tell you about the Chicken Coop on the other side. We will do the Chicken Coop giveaway next at 1245. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station. If you're getting a ring, stay there. You're in. It's 106. Before a limited time. Guys, are you looking for an excuse to watch football all weekend long? Then schedule your vasectomy with the Urology Center of Iowa. The Urology Center of Iowa offers nitrous during your vasectomy, cutting-edge technology to help you relax during your procedure. Make the call to 515-400-3550. That's 400-3550 or online at iowauro.com. Vasectomies with the Urology Center of Iowa. And tell them you heard it. 100 bets off. Joined by Dr. Heidi Bell with Elite Eye Care, it's football season, concussions always a big topic. This year, two to three million sports-related concussions will occur, and about half of those go unreported. Two out of every ten high school students will suffer a concussion. The most important part is following through with your doctor, but the recommendations are different than they used to be. At Elite Eye Care, we can diagnose and treat the post-concussion visual symptoms that typically exist. That's Dr. Heidi Bell with Elite Eye Care, with locations in Waukee, to an Ankeny and the newest location in Norwalk. 1227. Well, this is different. Chicken fried. You know what? I'm a chicken fried. Chicken coop. Go beer on a Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> you get this the is a jeans commercial. 
No. Zach Brown Beef. commercial. Well, this is for the chicken coop. Oh, this is for the chicken coop. We'll see what Dave comes up with. Maybe he's got something else for but us. But isn't this a jeans commercial? Oh, you have. Do you know better than me? I think it is. Maybe not. Anyways, Tyler, Jeff, Ron, Brandon, you're the first four contestants in the chicken coop. Whoever gets the most right in these four questions. By the way, boys, the tiebreaker is totally yards, Iowa, Minnesota. That'll be closest without going over. Uh, most rights, you'll get a $50 gift certificate from the Chicken Coop, West Des Moines, Ankeny, and Urbandale. You can redeem it at any one of those three locations. The runner-up will get 20 wings. Tyler is first to go. Hello, Tyler. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you listening. Iowa is a three-and-a-half-point favorite over the Gophers. I got a quick stat for you. In Iowa's last 24 games, when the spread is minus four through plus four, Iowa is 18-4-2 and two against the spread and nine straight nine straight unders. So I love trends. Uh, give me the Hawks. There you go. Good one. Uh, New Orleans, a two-and-a-half-point favorite tonight over Jacksonville. Uh, Jacksonville. Astros or Angels? <laughs> I spelled Angels, Trent, wrong. Nice. Astros, Angels, game Rangers. four tonight. <laughs> Who do you want, um, Texas or, or Houston? There you go. Chiefs, uh, five-and-a-half-point favorite over the Chargers on Sunday. Chargers. Tiebreaker, total yards, Iowa, Minnesota, closest, without going over. Uh, 369. Thank you, Tyler. You have a good day. Appreciate it. Thank you. Did Thank he have you. Houston or Texas? Yes. Okay, I'll check. <laughs> Jeff. I'll check the tape. Jeff, welcome to the show. How are you? Uh, I got a question. Is there any way I can just get Ken's picks? Because he is on fire, and I just want to follow Ken. Is that possible? Friday. It is. T- tomorrow at about this time. Yep. Actually, oh, it'll be a God. little bit earlier because I go first. <laughs> must, must listen to radio. Listen to Ken with this pick. Red yeah, hot. Right, indeed. All right, Jeff. Uh, Iowa, a three and a half over the Gophers. Give me the Hawks. Saints give two and a half to the Jags. Give me the Saints. Astros or Rangers tonight? Astros. Chiefs, five and a half over the Chargers. You mean the Chargers? Totally ours, Jeff. Closest without going over Gophers, Hawkeyes. 350. You guys have a good day. Thank you, Jeff. You do the same. Ron's with Miller and Condon. Hi, Ron. Hello. Ron. Blackhawk. There you go. You did get in. Good for you. Iowa, three and a half over Minnesota. Go, Hawkeyes. Uh, New Orleans, two and a half over Jacksonville. Uh, is. Is. The Lawrence, apparently, yes, yeah. apparently, yep. Okay, I'll take Jacksonville. All right, Astros or Rangers tonight? Now, I thought you were talking about the dog when you said Astros, but you said after Houston or the Rangers. I'll take the Rangers. You got the Rangers and uh, Chiefs five and a half over the Chargers. Touchdown, Kansas City. <laughs> Total points in the is the tiebreaker. Gophers, Hawkeyes. Total yards. Total yards. Beg your pardon. Yards. Closest without going over. Is that both teams? Or both just teams. One? Both teams. 402. Thanks, Ron. See ya. Yep. Appreciate it. And Brandon is last. Hello, Brandon. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Doing fine. I was three and a half over Minnesota. Iowa. New Orleans, two and a half over Jacksonville. Uh, give me Jacksonville. Astros or Rangers tonight in Game Four? Astros. Chiefs five and a half over the Chargers. Uh, give me the Chiefs. Total uh, yards is the tiebreaker. Iowa, Minnesota, closest without going over. Brandon. Three oh five.
There you go. Thank you, Brandon. Appreciate it. Thank you to the Chicken Coop. Three locations, West Des Moines, Ankeny, and Urbandale. And a consensus, everybody on the Hawkeyes. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Ten of the last 12 times we've had that in the contest. The contestants have been wrong. Interesting. Murph and Andy don't go wrong. Can't go wrong. They're five minutes away. The drive, Heather and Sean, three to six. See you tomorrow. Miller and Connor, 106.3.